You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. A key word in verse 8 is does. Of what a person thinks, says, and acts out. When I do something, it happens in my mind out of my mouth or with my body. And what you do or what a person does matters. What you think matters. What you say matters and your behavior matters so, sometimes a person can be six feet away from you but hear something and sadly that person will judge you based on what he or she heard what a person does matters. And again, taking it to a personal level, what you do matters. What you do in private and public matters. What you do in the church and outside the church matters. There are consequences. But there are also blessings. It just depends on what you do. Because what a person does matters. Let's consider a couple of things in scripture in reference to uh, what a person does mattering. Consider first in the book of Matthew. Let's go to Matthew, the seventh chapter. And notice what Jesus said. Uh, Matthew 7, we'll start at verse 24. Jesus said, Whoever hears these sayings of mine and, and that goes that little word, does them, I'm going to tell you who he like. He said he is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain descended. The floods came. That was a show enough rain, wasn't it? Because notice it didn't only fall from the sky, but it kept 
falling until floods started happening. And notice what came with the rain and the floods. And the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. Now he's saying when a person does his word, basically that person can go through a lot of horrific things. But the person's still going to stand. Notice, he's like a house, but he's talking about a person that hears his saying and starts thinking, talking, and doing them. He is like a house that when the rain descended, the floods came, and the wind blew, that the house took all that. It didn't fall. And let me tell you something. It, it's going to be a whole lot of stuff that's going to happen to you in life. You just have to be prepared to stand. And notice what's going to help you stand when all this trouble come your way. The word. Notice the word. Because stuff going to come. And, and when he talk about flood, Lord, that flood can mess up some stuff, won't it? That wind can mess up some stuff. Big trees fall because of the wind. Roofs get pulled off because of the wind. But he said, if you are a person that's in the word, you're not just a hearer, but a doer of the word. No matter what comes your way, you're going to be able to stand. Rightly dividing the word is basically what the psalmist said when, when he decreed, many are the affliction of the righteous, but they're coming out of them. They're coming out of every single one of them. We just got to stay in the word. We just got to do what does say the word. And if we do what does say the word, we're going to come through the pandemic. You're going to come through the cancer. You're going to come through the heart attack. You're going to come through the stroke. You're going to come through whatever you're battling right now. If you just stay in the word. That's the scripture right here. Now I can say amen and we'll have enough. Because this is a powerful verse right here. Right? So we have to be to the point to where we, we got to do because what we do matters. Amen? Let's take it further. Let's go to the 12th chapter of Matthew. Matthew 12. Somebody happy with me. But consider Matthew 12 starting at verse 48. But he or Jesus answered and said to the one who told him, who is my mother? Who is my brothers? Somebody told him that his family was outside. And so Jesus, he, he done flipped it on. Hey, who is my mother? Who is my brothers? And he stretched out his hand toward his disciples and said, here are my mother and my brothers. And then he takes it further. For whoever does 
the will of my Father in heaven is my brother, sister, and mother. Now Jesus said, look, if the, because you do the will, me and you can. You remember when folk used to have to say, everybody God's children. Jesus just tore that up right here, didn't he? Now, you got to do the will of God in order to be considered a child of God. We can boldly tell folks that we are children of the Most High simply because we think, talk, and do according to his written and revealed will. But if you don't think, talk, and do according to his written and reveal will. You're not a child of God. Now this, this Bible. This ain't got nothing to do with Walker Avenue. This is Bible. Look at your neighbor and say. What you do. Finish it. Look at one more person and say. What you do. If I don't do the will of God. Jesus is like. You, you ain't. You ain't kin to me. Man, you ain't no kin. Because you ain't doing the will of God. So we are not kin. So how many understand what you do matters? Let's go back to 1 John 4. John wanted The people of God to love. That was it. That was his thing. We, we got to love one another. We got to love one another because when we love one another, it's of God. God don't want me hating you even though you may say something that make me want to hate you. Yeah, because sometimes we, we say stuff that rattle each other. I know I rally you all the time up here. Yeah, I do, because something, because see, I'm not going to play with you when it comes to the word. You're at the wrong church. I'm going to tell you the truth, because I ain't going to hell for you, nor do I want you to go to hell. And, and so John was like, hey, we got to love one another. And no doubt that, that were folks that he was talking to that were like us, you know, because you got folk in here that is, is somebody in your church that you got a problem with. And, and sometimes you should have a problem with, with a person, when, especially when you know that person ain't doing what he or she should be doing. But see, you have to be mature to the point to where you have to love folk despite of what they do. Even if that means you have to love them from a distance. Oh, you can't love everybody close up. See, you think in order to love somebody, you got to be around them all the time. You ain't got to be around folk all the time to love them. See, Jesus revealed some stuff that most folk wouldn't even talk about when it comes to love and hate. 
He said, look, he said, you know what? Your worst enemy is going to be folk that's in your own house. Now, that's something right there. Because who in your house? That means if it ain't nobody in your house but you and your wife, there's going to be times to where you ain't, you ain't going to like that woman. In the same house, but you're like, oh, Jesus, why don't she go somewhere? And stay a year. That, that means you might order out of your mind. I'm sick of these kids. These kids, Lord have mercy. Jesus, these children. Two days before you said that, yeah, this is my youngest. This is the oldest you can tell because he favors me. You can have a problem with folk you stay with. Right? That love is a powerful thing. Because, <laughs> see, he, he wanted them to love, but, but he didn't want it to be that fake affection stuff. Hey. <laughs> Y'all okay? Y'all okay? Okay, just, just wanted to know that y'all okay. Yeah, praying for you. And sometimes we know we be faking. No, you ain't praying for that person. No, you ain't praying for that person. But you trying to appear a certain way in front of folk. And see, we really can't point our finger at nobody because all of us, even if it ain't been but one time, we done been guilty. But some of us are notorious for being such. But see, when, when John was speaking about love, he, he was speaking of being committed to doing what's right or just for a person. In other words, you're you going to do something not because you want to do it from the flesh or desire to do it from the flesh. You're going to do it because it's the right thing to do. Because my flesh want me to tell you off. But because I'm Christian, I'm going to love you the way God told me to love you. So I'm going to be committed to doing what's just to you even though you're making me mad even though I didn't like what you said and, and it's really bothering me but, but I'm, I'm, I'm committed to doing what's just and don't try to act like in you wasn't telling the person off but then the Holy Spirit say do the right thing which is doing what's just all Right. Ooh, some of y'all looking at me like that. 
it, it's just like, well, you're looking at me in a funny way. So let me just go ahead and just work this a, a, little, a little more. You come to me saying something that ain't true. Now, see, I don't need to argue or fuss with you about it. I need to just treat you just. And, and just keep it to the point to where we can just get the issue settled. Sometimes so, sometime you just have to tell a person that, that's coming to accuse you of something. That look, uh, I'm sorry you feel that way, but I didn't do anything. But I, I do love you and just keep praying for me. Because you don't want to just say what your flesh is telling you to say to a person. Because if some folk come to you the wrong way, you'd be like, you got a lot of nerve coming to me. And then your hand get to shaking. And before you guys say your hand got to shaking, you be ready to slap somebody. Say, so you know, you have to do what's just all right. Because we have to love one another. And again, you have to do that with folk in the church and folk in your own household. So like I had this uh, couple just lie to me one time. They did. They did. Now, yeah, you, you agree with me once I tell you what happened. So I asked him, I was just, how y'all doing? Oh, it's just nothing but love here. Nothing but love. Y'all ain't had no problems since you've been married? No. Nothing but love here. Y'all been married now about four or five years, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's been almost five. And, and no problem. Nothing but love here. I wanted to take it further. I wanted to ask, do y'all sleep in separate rooms? She don't cook, you don't cook, y'all get food from somewhere else all the time? Because see, something as simple as a meal can cause a fuss. Even when it came to Jesus and his disciples, you had disruptions. See, love, love is going to encounter opposition. Whether in a house, in a church, or somewhere else, you're going to always have opposition. And and when you have opposition, you, you can either respond the right way or the wrong way. But see, when you really love, you're going to make it your business to be committed to doing what's just or right, despite opposition that comes against love. Because you can be trying to do folk right, you you just committed, and then somebody could come and push a button. And see, you have to make the choice once they push that button where you're going to go ahead and just let go. And let flesh 
or let go and let God. It's going to be a choice now. You, you're going to have to make that choice. And so John was, was letting them know, look, it's time to be mature now. We got to love one another. And like it or not, whether it comes to your house, your family, or the church, it's going to take something to be committed to loving certain folk. Lord have mercy. And so, and so John goes on to, to say to them, we need to love one another. I'm, I'm in 1 John 4 and 7. For love is of God. Let them know this is a God thing. And he goes on to say, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Now you say you know God. You, you have an intimate relationship with him. So if you have an intimate relationship with him, loving your brothers and sisters shouldn't be a problem. Because you know you got to put your flesh under subjection. See, he don't ask for who ain't saved to put their flesh under subjection. He asked folk who are spirit-filled to put their flesh under subjection. Because, see, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you can't put your flesh on the subject. It takes some power not to curse certain folk out. I said it takes some power not to curse certain folk out. Some of us have cursed out our own children. Oh, children. It takes some power not to curse. You have to have the Holy Spirit not to do certain things. And he told the church, put your flesh under subjection. Your wife ain't got on your last nerve. Yeah, it takes you putting your flesh under subjection. I know y'all hold hands in the park and all that, but that one would get on your nerves sometimes. And in order to deal with that, you have to put your flesh under subjection. Woo, Walker went smiling then, was he? He goes on in verse 8 to say, he who does not love does not know God. Woo, for God is love. Boy, that's a hard one right there. Walker, if you are not committed to doing what's right or just for the people of God, you don't know God. What do you mean I don't know God? You don't know God. Now, this John talking to me. I'm making it personal. But he's also talking to you. But let me just stick to my personal moment for a minute. Walker, if you don't love folk the way you should, you don't know God. John, yeah, Walker, for God is love. Quit telling folks God is in you and you ain't loving folk. Because if God is in you and you putting your flesh under subjection 
You would be loving folk that don't like you. You would be doing right to folk that speak against you when you tell them the truth. You wouldn't allow your spouse to rally you. You wouldn't allow your children to rally you to the point to where you curse them out. If I'm not committed to doing what's right for you, I don't know God. In the way that I should. But I got to take it a little further. Because it's bigger than, than just love being uh, something that we do one toward the other. Because the greatest love is our love for God. If I'm not committed to trusting God to do what he promised in his word. I don't know God. If God told me he was going to heal me, but, but opposition keeps telling me otherwise. I don't love God the way I say I love God. Because if I love God the way I say I love God, and God done told me I'm going to heal you, Walker. I'm going to stand on what God told me because I love him despite what opposition is saying. If God told me he was going to bless me, he was going to make me the head and not the tail, despite me still struggling, despite me still battling poverty, I'm going to stand on what God promised me simply because I love God. And God loving me would never tell me something just to be telling it to me. For God is love. And God being love also says about him, love equates his word because God is not only love, but God is his word. John, the same John said in St. John 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. So God and his word cannot be separated because they are the same. They're the same. So if I love God and God tells me he's going to bless me, it's just a matter of time before he does the good measure, press down, shaking together, and running over. If I love God and God tells me he's going to heal me, it's just a matter of time before God manifests his promise i just got to hang on to what god said because again he would never say anything that well just to be saying it because he is love and his word represents who he is god is love and god is his word how many are understanding but if i don't love if I don't love the way I need to love, what does that say about me? Let's consider what the psalmist said. Let's go to the book of Psalm. Lord have mercy. Somebody staying with me. Woo. I believe somebody's love going to change. 
I said, I believe somebody's love is going to change for the better. Ask your neighbors, your love going to change for the better. Now consider Psalms 92. We'll start there. Psalms 92, starting at verse 5. Oh, Lord, how great are your works. Your thoughts are very deep. That's truth, isn't it? So deep to where folk look at you like you're crazy when you tell them what God going to do. But they don't understand Isaiah 55 when, when Isaiah revealed uh, his thoughts are not as the thoughts of man, nor are his ways. What's the distinction? As high as the heavens are from the earth, so are his thoughts, and so are his ways. Bottom line, his, his thoughts are deep. Notice again, Psalm 92 and 5. Oh, Lord, how great are your works. Your thoughts are very deep. But notice he goes on to say, a senseless man does not know. Nor does a fool understand this. A senseless man does not understand the greatness of God. A senseless man is a fool. Psalm 14 and 1 says the fool or a senseless person has said in his heart there is no God. By his choices, there is no God. You, you got to understand something because sometimes God will say something to you that you may not grasp. But if it's in line with his word, it is so. You have to remember when he, when he tells you something, he, he's telling you something that's, that's deep. That everybody does not know. Because it's revelation. It's something that he only reveals to certain folk. He, he had to tell his, his disciples. He, he said, some of what I'm saying out in public, I'm, I'm hiding truths. But, but when he got back with them, he, he revealed the truth that he was hiding to the public. Why? Because he wanted his disciples to get full revelation in that when they received what he was saying, when they did get to the point to where he would send them out for everyone to receive salvation, they would be able to drop a word that would cause even a wayfaring fool to understand and receive. But we have to understand, even as children of God, God can tell you something that you may not understand, but you have to trust him based upon your love for him. Because if God loves you and gives you a word, it's going to manifest again because he is his word and God is love. And he's never going to say something just to be saying it. 
Everything he says has purpose in it. But notice he says again here in Psalms 92. Oh, Lord, how great are your works. Your thoughts are very, help me. A a senseless man does not know, nor does a fool understand this. Some folks won't even try to discern what God is revealing. They are just ignoring. You have folks like that even when they come to church. Come to church, hear the word, but act as if they're senseless. Won't even try to discern that God is not just talking just to be talking. He's talking directly to them. I've talked to senseless folks. No, hold on, hold on. Let me explain. Let me explain. That have that have heard the word. I, I have actually spoke what the Holy Spirit told me to speak. And maybe two, three days later, somebody calls me and say, Pastor, I need to talk to you about something. And they'll talk to me about something that we we shouldn't even talk about because if they were listening. <laughs> The answer had already been revealed two days earlier. What happened? They were not using their senses. And I'm not talking about getting deep, just just the ear. To hear what was being said. They'd already got their answer, but they weren't even using their literal hearing just to get what they needed. Just like today. You, you don't have to be deep to understand that money is a tool. It's not something you should love. All, all, all was needed is that you hear what Pastor said. It's based upon 1 Timothy, what, 6 and 10. And that's it. But if three days from now, Pastor, I need to talk to you about money. What you mean, Pastor? I don't know. I'm just real worried about money. I just... Oh, well, you, you were here Sunday, right? Yeah, you know I was here, Pastor. Did you hear the word? Oh, Pastor, I ate it up. I, that was my rhyme. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? You can't be senseless. Not paying attention, not receiving with your literal ears. Because God can say something. That will bring you out of something you have been battling for weeks, days, or even months. How many are still understanding? We got to go further. Let's go to Psalm 95. We'll start at verse 9. Now this is, this is uh, the psalm is actually speaking what Moses spoke to the people of God. In a prophetic manner. He's speaking on God's behalf. He says when your fathers tested me. They tried me. Though they saw my work. For 40 years I was grieved with that generation. And said it is a people. Who go astray in their hearts. Or choices. But then he says this. And they do not know. My When you love God, you're going to know his ways. When you love God, you're not going to enter in a panic mode. 
he done told you he was going to bless you and then stuff get chaotic. You'd be like, God let stuff get worse before he show up. I mean, that's just Bible. He'll let stuff get, he'll let stuff get in, in just the worst shape and then all of a sudden he'll show up and perform a miracle. He'll turn things completely around. That's the reason we, we say to folks and we mean it. It ain't over until who says it's over? Uh, we, we got this other saying, God has the final. Why? Because it's just the way he does things. Sometimes he'll do something immediately, but sometimes God says, well, I'm going to wait and just let it turn a little bit. Matter of fact, I'm going I'm to let them close the book on it, and then I'm going to show up and let them know that I am that I am. That's just who he is. But notice, uh, verse 10 again. For 40 years I was grieved with that generation and said it is the people who go astray in their hearts and they do not know my ways. And look at what happened. So I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest. When you don't know God, it can hinder you from entering into what God promised you. See, he promised them rest. That's what he promised them. So, so rest, we have to see it as a promise. But when you don't know God, the love of God is not operating in your thoughts, words, and deeds the way it should you can hinder or stop what God has ordained for you to have. Now, he's still going to give it to somebody like Walker, but you won't get it. He told you he was going to bless you with something, and, and you had picked out the color and everything. And then all of a sudden, you see Walker drive up in what he promised he was going to give you, and you look at it, you say, you know what? I wanted something just like that. Matter of fact, the wheels, the same wheels I wanted. Man, that color, the same. Lord, you got that peanut upholstery. I even wanted that peanut upholstery. And I'd be like, I know. <laughs> I got it because you didn't do the right thing. And we see that in Scripture. He took one talent from a person that didn't do right and gave it to a person he knew. Gave it to a person, the person with the one talent knew. The one that had the five talents gave it to him. Simply because he acted like he didn't know his master. Remember the master showed up and found out that the one with the one talent didn't do what was right. And and he said to him, you know me. You know I am. But he acted like he did not know him. So in actuality, he didn't know him. Because if he knew him the way he should have, he would have did exactly what was essential and significant. And don't we do that? Well, I know I'm supposed to wait, Pastor, but I just got him paid. See? You just found out why you didn't get your blessing. When we love God, we are still committed to doing what's just and right whether it concerns a person or whether it concerns God we're just going to do what's just 
are what? Right. And we are committed to it. How many understand it? Let's go back to 1 John 4. I'm closing. This is a good subject, isn't it? So he goes on again to say in verse 8, He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And when I saw this verse, I said to myself, I got to make sure I know God in every aspect. Got to get me a checklist and make sure that I know him in every aspect. Because I don't ever want to be found not knowing God because of what I'm going through. I don't ever want to be to the point to where I allow a thing or a person to cause me to Sever my relationship with God because I don't love him the way I should. Nobody can be bigger than God. No thing can be bigger than God. Because if a thing or a person becomes bigger than God, that means my love for God was not Real. It was pseudo. So I'm, cl- so I'm closing with a couple of verses I need to show you. Let's go to the book of John. Lord of mercy. I'm closing with these verses. Because I believe it unhit home a little bit. I said I believe it unhit home a little bit. John 14 and 15 is the first one I want to consider. John 14 and 15. Very clear verse. This is what Jesus said to his disciples. If you love me, keep my commandments. Keep them. If you love me, do my word. Do what I tell you. Do what I tell you as far as what is written and what is revealed. Because that's how he speaks, right? And he got more than ten commandments. Remember when you think when he said commandments it was just ten? I mean, I found out he got more than just ten. He got a lot of precepts. Because God is a God that would tailor to his people. He'll tailor certain things. Just like it, it can be personal things uh, that he'll tailor just for you that may not be for me because you got a problem with it. it just like he can give you a commandment, stay away from that boy. See, he ain't going to tell me that because I ain't around that boy. But he'll tell you that, and guess what? That's your commandment. Don't go over to your aunt's house. Don't go over there because you know she have a tea every Sunday. And I ain't talking about no Lipton. You know, y'all know what them teas represent. And guess whose commandment that is? That's yours. 
I'm trying to get you to really understand. God, God will prescribe certain commandments just for you. Because they, they have nothing to do with me. Quit going over to your brother's house. Every time you go over there, you get mad and you curse him out. And when you leave, he talking about, look at that hypocrite. Talking about he's saved. It don't take nothing for me to push his little button and he cursing me out. So his commandment to you can just, just be said, don't go over to your brother's house. I mean, understand. But he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And, and sometimes what God tells you to keep, it, it can be hard for you. Flesh-wise. Because what he's telling you to do is something, something you don't want to do. Don't try that. Like God ain't never told you to do something you didn't want to do. It's in scripture. Even one of his preachers, Jonah, God told him to do something. Hey, I don't want to do that, so I'm going to run. I'm going to run from that. Before we talk about, you know, Jonah ran when every time him to preach. Jonah wasn't running from time it would preach. Jonah was running because it was a commandment he didn't want to do. He had been a preacher. He was already a preacher. He had been a preacher for years. He wasn't running from no preaching. He was running from a commandment. He didn't have no problem preaching. He just didn't want to preach to folk he didn't like. Because he knew they were going to listen and change their life for the better. So if God been telling you something personally for you not to do, don't do it. It, it can be something simple. Look, your wife going to try to rally your button. Don't get mad at her. Just hold your peace. Let her say what she got to say, but just hold your peace. I mean, understand what I'm saying. Lord of mercy. All right. I got to give you one more, and then I'm done. 13th chapter. 13th chapter of John. We start at verse 34. And I love how, how he starts this off. <laughs> this, look at what Jesus said here. I got a new commandment for y'all. See, because he, he had, it was for them because he had looked and seen. I need to get him an order because of what's going on with them. And sometimes he'll do that just for a place of refuge. He'll know something going on with us. And then sometimes he, he even break it down further. He'll see it's a particular auxiliary. I, I need to get this for the ministers. Yeah, they've been, yeah. Well, go in there and tell, tell the ministers that this is a new commandment. <laughs> you ain't tell them just like that, Lord? Yeah, tell them a new commandment. But look at this. A new commandment I give to you. And notice this. That you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. Now, now if you look at this verse, you can't help but know by the wording, they were not doing it. They were not doing it. They were not doing this right here. He said, I got a new commandment for y'all. He said, y'all know how I've been loving y'all? And some of them are just like, yeah, he, he has been loving me because you remember I talked about him, but he, he didn't kick me out. He said, 
And Petey be like, well, you know, I, I done said a whole lot of stuff, but he's still asking me to go with him to pray. <laughs> he was good to Peter. Peter would just run his mouth. Jesus would just, hey, Peter, come on, let's go pray. Some of us, if Peter would have did some of the things he did to Jesus, to us, we would have tried, we would have put him out the mess. We would have been coming to the pastor. We need to get rid of Peter. <laughs> pastor Peter just doing such and such and such and such. And it's the third time Peter done did it. Jesus, I want you to love each other. Now notice it had to start with them. It had to start with them. And see, that's what we have to say. We, we, can't, we can't try. Well, you know, it's certain folk in that church. Oh, you know, this is your church. Don't be called that no that church. This is your church. Right? Yeah, this is your church. And it's going to always be certain folk, no matter what church. But your business is to make sure you love the way he said love. Lord have mercy. In that church. Because when you say that church. Now that sounds like you got something against your own church. Woo. That pastor just like to break stuff down. And you would be right. And I'm finna break this down and, and, and be done. But a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. Now, now this is what really just, this is amazing. He said, by this, and notice the next little three louder words. All would know that you are my disciples. Now, what that says to us is that you can't, you can't keep talking about your brothers and sisters around your family now. Because notice that by this we're all know. See, your brothers and see, your family members need to know you love folk at this church. Your family members need to know, first and foremost, you love your pastor, even though your pastor may step on your toes. Seems like that little preacher over there, y'all got, he just blessed. He like to just, he, he, tell it, yeah, he blessed. And he don't mind telling you he blessed. Because God said he should be blessed. If I'm of God, I should be blessed. Y'all have read uh, Proverbs 10, 22. The blessings of the Lord makes one. Rich. And he what? Well, look at this. By this will A-L-L, all. Then those, he done left the disciples now. He said, all going to know. All going to know that you are my disciples because they're going to see you're committed to doing what's right and just. To your brothers and sisters. So that means if, I have, if I'm going to tell you off and it's going to hurt you. I'm still committed to doing what's just. See sometimes we think love is just nothing but kind words. No it ain't. Jesus loved Peter. 
But you know what he, what he did to Peter one day? Peter got to cutting up. He, he's, he told Peter, when Peter said, look, Lord, you ain't going to never wash my feet. Jesus said, look, well, you ain't got no part of this. He was just telling Peter, either I wash him or you go. That's what he was telling him. I wash him or you go. Then he turned around on another occasion and called Peter the devil. But see, he always kept stuff biblical. Even when he rebuked them, it was biblical. See, we can't just be to the point where we just tell folk off just to tell them off. When, when we do it, it has to be biblical. When we have to set our brothers and sisters straight, we need to make sure that we're, we're doing the right thing. We're telling them according to what's right. And when you do that, that says you're a disciple. If you robbing God, and I tell you, look, man, if you don't stop robbing God, you're going to mess yourself up. You're going to be cursed. Everything you touch going to fail, and you're going to die and go to hell. I'm loving you. I'm loving you. You can turn around and say, look, you need to get out of my bed. No, I'm loving you, and God told me to love you, so I got to tell you the truth. Yeah. If I see you not praising God and I tell you, look, you need to start putting your hands together and giving God the glory. You get up mad and say, look, I, I'm a free moral lady. I can do it. I say, yeah, I know, but you also say you are a disciple of Christ. So I got to tell you because the Bible says that disciples are going to be known because they love one another. How many understand? I'm Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.